welcome to Spiritist Conversations. You know the drill. This is a show where we sit down with friends to talk about important topics through a spiritist lens in an informal and unscripted way. I'm your host, Dan Assisi, and this is episode 20. We have to talk about suicide. It's gotten out of hand, people, so let's talk about it. Joining me today are our co-host Flavio Zanetti and our good friend Mackenzie Mello. And for the next 45 minutes, we'll share our perspective on suicide, one of the greatest challenges our society faces nowadays. We hope that you will walk away with some resources and a renewed sense of hope and a certainty that together we can tackle this. More importantly, if you are struggling, please remember that you matter and that you are never alone and that you can always call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 if you are here in the United States, or you can even use their online chat. Thank you for joining us. Pull up a chair. The conversation is about to begin. Today, we are here in our Boston studios, uh, one of the many Boston studios we have. If you have heard the program before, you know that we have studios all over this fine city. We are here in Malden, Massachusetts, with our friends from previous programs that you already have met, we hope. Our co-host, Flavio Zanetti. Hello, everyone. And our good friend, Mackenzie Mello, as well. Hello, people. He's a little shy, but I think he will warm up to us yeah, afterwards. Yeah, still give him a, little <laughs> minute, a couple of minutes. But we are gathered here today in what has become somewhat of a tradition for us, a yearly tradition, um, where we sit down here uh, as friends in Malden, and we talk about uh, topics which we find interesting. And today, we are going to try to tackle one that is of grave importance to all of us, and that is the idea of suicide. And more specifically, too, um, what is it that we feel spiritism may have to offer for those who are contemplating or know someone who may be thinking about suicide? Um, it is a serious topic that uh, is near and dear to at least my heart because I've known folks who are either struggling with or have suicided. Um, and so we want to share some of our conversations uh, about the topic because I do believe at the end of the day that spiritism is uniquely suited to offer some insight. So um, tough topic, but I want to make sure, first of all, that you guys are okay. How about that for a topic today? Does that work? I think it's a great topic. I think it's uh, near and dear to um, all of our hearts, right? Um, it is an epidemic in, uh, in today's society, in today's day and age. And uh, we have to talk about it. Uh, if we don't talk about it, you know, the topic will never be, you know, discussed or broached into and so forth. So it is also de near and dear to my heart. It is necessary. It is a, it is a topic that we, we always need to have it in our minds in terms of um, not worrying, but really uh, taking it to heart and thinking about what life is and how life is important to all of us. And I just wanted to start by by sharing just a small bit. Uh, when I was growing up, my, my father, uh, he, he had this, this idea 
of writing a book about suicide in the spiritist perspective. And he finally, after a lot of years, he, um, he wrote this book. Um, and um, I don't know, maybe it's because of that, that I always think about this topic in terms of what can we do to help prevent or uh, help other people to think about this this topic as something that that should be um, dealt with in our in our lives and especially since being spiritist and um, how spiritism deals with this topic and that's a it's a great uh, great point and I think that uh, maybe we start with some numbers some sombering numbers for us to understand that this is not an isolated event this is actually something that happens unfortunately, quite often. So the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention tells us that in 2014, there were 42,773 deaths by suicide that are known. Uh, That's quite a large number. That is the equivalent of five people taking their own lives per hour. Um, That's not counting the attempts. These are just people who suicide. Um, so if you think about it, all of us know somebody who's either struggling with or has attempted suicide. We may just not be aware of that because it's still a stigma too, right? And speaking of a stigma, there are a lot of, um, I'm not going to say a lot, but there's, there's definitely cases where folks uh, took their own lives and the cause of death was ruled by as an accident or like, for example, drowning. A lot of the folks that uh, commit suicide through drowning, the cause of death is not suicide, but it's drowning instead. So if these numbers, I think it's in the uh, very conservative you know, side of the house. It's unfortunately even more than uh, what these numbers are showing us. And these are just uh, numbers here in the United States, right? We, if we have those statistics that you know, there's a, um, a study about it, Imagine countries where we don't have, we have no idea of what, what happens. So, like Flavio says, it's, uh, it's conservative and it's, it's an ep- epidemic, as Daniel said and Flavio also said. So it is, it is a topic that we should all be really uh, pay a lot of attention to. And it's interesting, right? Because when I think about suicide, I also think, how could that be? I mean, we live in times where we have more comfort more technology, more resources than ever before. So clearly, as also witnessed by celebrities who have taken their own lives recently, having all these things is not enough to land one's self in a safe spectrum, right? Clearly having all these comforts and things does not necessarily fill our hearts. But obviously the opposite is also true, not having any of these things, not having food or the basics is also uh, not a, not uh, a cause for happiness, right? So, so clearly we are struggling here on making sense of, of happiness and satisfaction and fulfillment in general as a society. It is, it is, uh, Daniel. When uh, we were, we are talking about this topic here because this morning you gave this this wonderful talk about it, and uh, we just had so we had to we have to talk about it because it's so important. Um, and you um, you mentioned something about the uh, the Buddha, right? And in in your in your lecture in your talk, and it's the attachment to things. Um, 
this this past um, this past year, I've been dealing with a friend at work, and she have uh, she has um, two. Well, of course, she has her father and mother. Her father passed away three months ago of a cancer. Mm. Harsh. And yeah, and this past week, her mother died. Oh of cancer. Oh God! How hard is that? And what is interesting, to a certain degree, and that's why I'm 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 bringing this this thing here is. It's very common, and and that was a topic that was uh, uh, talked about in the office. A lot of of uh, of my friends at, at the office said that they see this all the time. A person dies a few months later, either the husband or the wife or dies as well because it is as if they lose something of their life and then they don't have anything else to focus their life on mm-hmm. it's because to they were devoted to, to yeah. that person or devoted to that idea and I was wondering when we were talking about the suicide and um, maybe that's a question for you or for us for our discussion here um when we, we say about attachment, and we usually think about things, right? Attachment to things. But in this case, specifically, mm-hmm. where a person um, was, was living, I, I mean, I, the, the examples that I heard was he did everything for mm-hmm. her. He did everything for her. He lived for her. He lived much. for her. I mean, he, he was doing everything that she couldn't do. And then all of a sudden, the person dies. And then yes. it is as if the person doesn't have any more motivation, motivation to, live. to live. And then their health, their, everything goes down. Yes. So would you, would you say that this attachment and not love is one of the causes for, I mean, not only the suicide, the, the death by suicide, but also for not seeing a bigger picture. picture. Of I think I think that's the root of the cause. That's why I like that piece by the Buddha, by Siddhartha Gautama, so much on his Four Noble Truths, um, which is beautiful. It comes from a journey, like uh, you know, an, an alleged journey he took out of the palace. It's a beautiful story, the four signs in, in Buddhism. But I think it's really like a, an incredible psychological insight that is offered to us through Buddhism where he says that, um, I'm not going to go to the Four Noble Truths, but basically what I think is genius is his awareness that all suffering, all challenges and struggling comes from attachment to impermanent things. And I think that you nailed it, right? Because I think there's some impermanent things that we are quite clear on. We know that, or we should know, that our houses, our cars, and the material things, they're impermanent. They're not going to last. Correct. And if they do that, then um, when they go away, we are going to be let down because they no longer exist. I think that we kind of get that in concept. But I think we also struggle to understand that relationships in a physical sense are also impermanent. Like we are going to lose people if we believe that life ends. At the death of the physical body, I think that's a, that's a critical piece because if you don't believe that life ends, you don't lose anybody, right? That's the only maybe an intermission until you see that person again. Correct, and that's why I think spiritism has so much to add to this, right? And this is my argument: is 
I mean, I guess it makes sense to believe that if you are not yet convinced that life goes on. But so how can we get there? How can we, how can we make a point or at least lead people to some good resources that they can reach a conclusion by themselves that, you know what, maybe there is some evidence that life goes on after this physical world. Because I think I hear quite a bit from people say, well, you know, from skeptical people say, well, there is no proof. Oh, actually, I feel like there is quite a bit of proof. You just have to look for it. That's the key. I think Uh, people have to look for it. But if someone is in such distress, in such feeling so much grief, that that person is not going to find it, right? That person is not only, it's it's much harder. That's why, uh, in my my humble, you know, opinion or point of view, Spiritism gives us the tools that are needed for us to have these conversations, to offer solace, to offer comforting, to offer something that can really uh, maybe try to diverge somebody's thoughts from what they're thinking. So you know what? It, it, it must be really hard to go what you're going through right now, right? But trust me, you may not even believe that now, but tomorrow or in a month or in a year, things will be different. You'll be feeling much better. In the future. And the idea, I think, is uh, we have to be ready. I mean, who, who would invite a person to a lecture about, let's say, the book Memoirs of a Suicide, right? I don't know if they have the translation of they this do. book. Yes, yeah, they it's do. right available okay. in English, yeah. Okay, so a lecture about it if the person is, has just passed by this situation. Um, so w- what do I want to say with that? I want to say that... If a person has just gone through a, an awful situation, you're, you're not going to come to talk to that person about statistics, about, no, you have to offer your heart. You have to offer the best and, you know, leave any, any philosophy aside and just be present at their side to, for them to cry, for them to scream, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but, but to know that they're not alone. To, exactly. Mm-hmm. So that they know that there's somebody there, that love is there by their side, independently of what they consider what love is. But, and that's why we're having this conversation here, we're not talking to people that we know that will commit suicide, but we are talking to people, we are talking to human beings that may one day, for any reason, and it, it, this is this does not depend on a person being or not being a spiritist. Because unfortunately, I know, and I don't know if you guys know, but I know people, spiritists, that committed suicide. So my question is, what didn't touch that person? Or how that person did not feel uh, solace in what we really believe in, in what we really teach? And how much do we need to do, not to the others, but to ourselves, to really feel that solace, to really understand and hear more than understand, comprehend, more than comprehend, feel really like this, this hope uh-huh. that, that spiritism brings to us and not only opening our eyes to the reality of what happens, but it's not about fear. It's about you have hope here, even if you're going through a terrible problem, because, you know, to go that path is a terrible, terrible path. But we're mm-hmm. not talking about the fear, like I said. We're yeah. talking about 
we have the power to go on. We can go on. I think it's got to be a combination of both, right? I think it's got to be a combination of uh, intellectual thinking mm-hmm. and emotional support. Because I think neither by itself solves the issue. Of course, you need to let folks know that you're there for them. But if you're just there for them and you can't see a way out of the actual challenges, then they're always going to be there in that, in that spot, right? And at the same time, just talking synthetically about things and philosophies and you shouldn't do this because life after life and without necessarily saying, hey, you know, I'm here with you is maybe not um, effective as well. Yeah, and I think this is the part that uh, you did a phenomenal job when you, when you were brought up these two topics because, again, the intellectual piece alone is not going to fix it and the emotional piece alone is not going to fix it either. And uh, if you combine those two, maybe I would say even the emotional piece is more important initially. Yeah. When somebody's going through these difficult situations, horrible thoughts, because that person is so stuck with that mindset that he's not going to hear, she's not going to stop to look at statistics, to look at numbers, to look at no. What, what, is it, what, what is that person going through? A lot of you know, difficult grief. Uh, imagine how hard, how distressed that individual might be to even be thinking about that. And of course... As we learned through spiritism, we should never be judgmental, and we should always offer to help, right? But let me, let me uh, bring this back to a pragmatic you know, sense, as we always do, right? How, how can we do that? How can we approach someone that we know may be feeling a little different lately, maybe having some, in our point of view, different thoughts or different behaviors that we're used to? How do we approach that individual? Because that's not an easy question. Hey, sir, are you looking to commit suicide tomorrow, right? We cannot say that. Well, we feel we cannot say that because we haven't, it's one of the arguments that we have in general, right? Is we, we haven't really been trained to deal with emotional conflicts and challenges. The whole education that we receive as children, fortunately that's changing a little bit today, has been predicated on intellectual knowledge, Right? We've gone to school and people have told us how to solve problems, how to memorize things from an intellectual perspective. We weren't really told how to navigate difficult conflict or emotional challenges. And so we feel like we cannot talk about these things. I was just talking to Mackenzie before, too. And, you know, even when we greet people in the street and how are you doing? Like the answer has got to be great in you or good in you. There's nobody like, you know what? Today's a I sucky feel, day. I feel like, you know. Yeah, I'm no. going to kick somebody in the exactly. face today. Right? You don't hear Nobody that. Nobody says that. Because in us, there's this ingrained perception which is self-imposed that we got to be okay all the time. Right? And there's this wonderful sentence by this uh, transpersonal psychologist, Dr. Elizabeth Kluber-Ross. Uh, and she says, I'm not okay. You're not okay. We're okay. But right? that's okay. I think, I think that's the stigma, right? We need to break that stigma because we think that everybody else has got to figure it out. So I don't. So I shouldn't talk about it because we feel inferior or vulnerable. But the truth is nobody's got to figure it out. Show yeah. me somebody who's got to figure it out, and I will tell you that that person needs to do some counseling. Or right? some mental health work. Yeah. Right, because, I mean, nobody does. But yet we live in this world that attempts to... They're so concerned with appearances that we can't talk about it. So so going back to your point here, the question, which is a great question, right, is how do we approach people? Well, if we have a relationship with them or not, but if we feel like they are in a tough spot, we should broach the topic. We should talk to them because it gives them the permission to really tell us how you're feeling. So if they say, if you say, hey, how are you doing? They're saying, great. And you can tell they're not great. 
maybe you go at it again and you say, no, no, really, how are you feeling? Right? I think that personal connection that Mackenzie was talking about is what will elicit that communication and will let people start to open up to you. Open their kimonos and really yeah. be open to how they really feel. How they're really feeling, right? And the research that I've read, and I've been told this by people who really work on suicide prevention, which do a fantastic job, by the way, uh, and they say that actually asking people who you think may be prone to suicide, whether they are thinking about suicide, it's a great door to open because he helps them talk about their feelings back at you, which is something that kind of runs almost counter to everything Sorry. that we feel like, right? I wouldn't like, if I'm talking to Mackenzie and I see that he's a little down, I think my natural tendency is like, cheer up, buddy, right? And then let's grab a Diet Coke and let's go, you know, to the whatever it is. But we won't address the root cause. We were just kind of like glaze over it. Yeah. We got to change that a little bit. I have a question, Daniel, based on your, um, on your experience and you had... Uh, uh, the opportunity to study for this topic. Did you did you, uh, did you see any any signs or on on those um, statistics that the, uh, suicide is more related to like woman or man or is it fifty fifty? Did you do you have that that um, do you do you know? Actually, or? actually, I've read this before. It's it's fifty one percent men, forty nine percent women. So it's, it's, more it's pretty, pretty spread. Pretty close. The way in which the suicide takes place, then you see more patterns. Yeah. You see more violent suicides and with men, with men yeah. mm. and you see more like insidious poisoning mm. with women. It's more the approach the changes, approach. Okay. but it, it's something that affects all of us. Right? So it's basically because we, um, we really didn't have the chance to talk to someone, so it doesn't really... And, and, and since you mentioned that, uh, Mackenzie, it, it, going back to some of the statistics, it doesn't really... Uh, tell any difference, for example, when it comes to gender or sex or, or socioeconomic status or location, it's unfortunately it's spread out everywhere. It is everywhere. So it just, it so just comes age, to show that yeah. we are really human beings. It yes. doesn't really... Yep. Yes. It's yes. uh, the Shakespearean, if, we, if you prick us, do we not bleed, right? So all mm -hmm. of us breed, you know, bleed, bleed the red, same way, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and so there is no distinction there. But So I think to go back to, to our point here is it's not a spiritist issue, right? It's mm -hmm. a issue in general, but I think that spirituality, not only spiritism itself, has a lot to offer here. Because if we begin to at least see this, the doubt in our minds that, you know, maybe there is more than just physical life, maybe that we live on after this physical body, maybe we start to reconsider the idea of suicide because it will not end our pain and suffering. Right? And so what we try to oftentimes do is just share some of the areas that science um, is actually unearthing itself that gives us perhaps the uh, idea that, you know what, there is some proof out there, if you're skeptical, that you might want to check out um, and see if that's really the case. Because we would hate for you to, to do a very permanent solution to a temporary problem, right? Yep. And, and some of them uh, that we talk about is, Spontaneous memories of past lives. Some people actually remember past lives, and there are studies done by this. Uh, Dr. Ian Stevenson, who's passed away recently, has done some work. Dr. Carol Bauman does that as well. And the idea here is simple, right? If you have memories of past lives you've lived before, which means you've died before, but you're still here, right? You, you now have a different body. Reincarnation is where we're getting at, really. And so that's proof. And if you want some academic research out of the University of Virginia, Dr. Ian Stevenson is good at that. 
Um, another area is memory regression. There are some folks like Dr. Uh, Brian Wise and Dr. Michael Newton who were doing memory regression to reach trauma at childhood and all of a sudden find themselves talking to patients who remember not only their childhoods, but way back in I the lo- time. Oops. I loved you when, you, when you were talking about this and you said that you imagined him like sitting down with the person and then all of a sudden the person says, hey, I'm back here or I'm, I'm at this place where I don't know where it is. I, I was this person, now I am this person. Who am I? Where, where am I right now? And finally figuring that out. And it's so, it's so impressive, I mean, to think about this, these things. And, um, of course, science in general will not accept it until there, there is more people really allowing themselves to feel that they need to do research on this end because what ends up being sometimes when you approach the topic to someone who doesn't believe is a skeptic, the person will say, oh, but who's that person? But who is this person? No, it's just one scientist. It's just two scientists. And they have their point because science in general is, you know, they have like 10,000 studies on one topic. and But this is such a... This is such a, a barrier still these days that we are, like Daniel mentioned earlier, spiritism came here and one of the main goals of spiritism is destroying materialism in that idea of, hey, we are more than just a body that yes. we have. Yeah. Uh, we are something. We are not the bodies that we have. Uh, but uh, we still don't have that, um, that concept inside of ourselves. And um, that's one of the things that uh, we... we I think we need to address more and more often is really we are spirits. We are more than this. If you take good care of your dog, you will see that the dog is more than just the body of the dog. So why can't you see that a human is more than just the body of that human? But fortunately, (laughs) unfortunately, I think we have more and more scientists who are coming there, right? Because uh, we still also have this thing in our minds that, oh, that's not true because somebody, because we heard it somewhere. Yeah, Yeah, somebody told us like back in the days and yeah. Yeah, we even have that with, with like global... Uh, climate change, change, right? Uh, There's, I think, like a preponderance of evidence that points to the fact that the climate's changing, but some people are like, oh, this hasn't been proved scientifically yet, right? So it's like, well, whatever you pick to look, but look for these these, uh, many different sources of information. Some of these people were there, and we talked about near-death experiences is another field, too, with Dr. Moody, Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. We talked about um, EVP, electronic voice phenomena, and, and instrumental transcommunication with Dr. Jorgerson out of Sweden and Dr. Rodiv, which are not, to be frank, it's not my favorite topic area, but it's, it does point to something. And of course, mediumship, because uh, there has been much research on mediumship as a way to validate the existence of the soul uh, over history and continues to take place with many... Uh, Credible sources like Dr. Uh, William, Sir William Crookes, a uh, member of the Royal Society for Science, um, who, who uh, also had some prizes there to his name and so forth. But the point here is all the intellectual knowledge is not enough by itself. It's not. That's why the emotional side of, of the house is, um, to me, the utmost you know, uh, place that we should think about and should focus our our efforts, because if someone is going through again that distress or that grief, right? Giving scientific evidence, giving numbers, giving research, the person is not going to stop to do it, right? What that person is going to probably look for is maybe a, a, a shoulder to, you know, maybe lay down, or some of the things that we we'll try to do and, and get that person to, you know, talk to us or to open up and to do things that 
might say, you know what, why are you feeling this like this? I mean, anything I can help you with? Uh, you know, I want to check in with you, see how you're doing, right? As opposed to just, hey, how are you doing? Fine, fine, fine. And not really going deeper into the, uh, the reason, the root causes of why that person is suffering, why that person is going through these difficulties and so forth. And it's a challenge for us as well because, you know, when, when we think about in going into this uh, more, like you were saying, a pragmatic idea or a practical idea, when you have, when you have that uh, um, person and you notice that the person is going through a problem, most of us, and I know because I felt that way, think about how much time will I employ in talking to that person. So yeah. that's one of the reasons why sometimes we just want to leave the conversation on the surface because yes. we don't have time to be with the person. Do you person. think it's time or do you think it's interest? Yeah. It's so effort. It goes, yeah. Effort. I, I think yeah. that McCain's point is a brilliant one because he calls it out to the carpet how we all feel, right? It's like we're so into ourselves, um, not that we are selfish, but we're like self-centered that, you know what, this is kind of a nuisance to us. Like I don't know if I'm really willing to spend the time away from what I want to do to talk about something that you really want to talk about. Right? Let's be honest. That's not something that's pleasurable to be talked about either. No, it's no, not. It's not. It, and so, not even, no, it's not. Even if it's not suicide, even if it's just a, a problem, regular problem. Problem or whatever, right? yeah. And uh, so we, we need, and that's why this, I think this conversation here is so important because although we're talking about the idea of life goes on and it should not be a, um, an idea that a person would have, oh, I'm going to find, I'm going to, um, finish my problem just by killing myself because this doesn't solve the problem. Yeah. It's not about that only. It's really about a transformation that we need to, to have within ourselves because for a person not to think about suicide, the person cannot not think about suicide when the problem comes. The person needs to be preparing for not to think about suicide for not being thinking about suicide for a long time and really have an understanding of what life really is. So it's a, it's a preparation. It's a process, really. It's a process. Yeah, it's a journey. It's, we cannot just like say, oh, uh, you, you guys listening to us right now, hearing us right now, say, oh, because of this conversation, I'm not going to... No, it's a process. It, yeah. it, it, it needs some time to sink in and say, hey, look, this is really important this should sh this should be out of my mind or this should be in my mind that i am a living being that and i, I want to make another point too that sometimes we forget which is we don't have to figure it out alone right in much the same way that we don't have to help other people who may be struggling struggling by ourselves there are others there are resources there are people who do this for a living who have been trained for this so if you know somebody who's struggling, you don't have to be the one who spends all the time with the, the person. Let's just make sure that the person finds the resources and because there's other people. And if we are struggling, we don't have to solve our problems alone either. We have other people that can help us do that, right? Because I think that we kind of forget that and we kind of feel like it's either incumbent on us to solve, to prevent somebody from thinking about suicide, which is not. Um, and this could be a team effort. Right. I think my point is that sometimes when we're in this state of mind, we forget that this can be a team effort, that you can get help um, in a way that's not stigmatic. 
right? Like it, it, just because you're asking for help, it doesn't make you a weaker person. A loser actually, or a failure. Absolutely not. Actually, yeah. completely contrary, right? Because a really strong and smart person will know how to supplement our challenges to be even stronger, right? So I guess only the weak uh, are, uh, do not ask for help, right? Uh, um, you know, so it's it's kind of an interesting piece. You mentioned that, and I, I came to my mind right away because we've seen uh, uh, statistics or you know reports on the the number of of people on the military committing suicides when they come back from the wars because of the the Such famous traumatic PTSD, experience, yeah. right? Uh-huh. And that's one. That was one of the bigger, the big problems was because they felt that they were so manly. Let's say they were so strong that they could not they could talk, not talk to about anybody. It. And they, they, if they would say that they would had gone through PTSD, which is a stigma as well for them mm-hmm. and for for human beings as well, uh, or you know, all over, um, the person will like try to deal with with it by itself, by himself or herself will not be able to solve the problem. And then And that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. And then yeah. if we don't look for, for help, help will not come by itself. But, but right? in that particular scenario, it, 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 like for example, the post traumatic stress disorders, that person is is prone to depression, to yeah. to imbalances in how mm-hmm. you know the brain is functioning properly, right? That really calls out for attention, calls out for for external help, if we can say that. Um that is, is, is only one occasion. The challenge that I have is, yes, while it's very prominent in that, in that situation, but it, it, it's prominent everywhere else again as well. Yes, if somebody is feeling somewhat like a bipolar, bipolar state, depressive state, that's just a, a catapult towards a suicide in the future. Right? If that person doesn't take care of that, right, it's going to be even harder down the road to really, you know, and manage the, uh, the 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 future difficulties. The uh, so it, it's. I guess what I'm trying to say is, it's a domino effect. Right? If you mm. don't take care of it while you yes. see it's in the beginning, and I think that's a great point, right? right? Ideally, what we really like to do is to have all of us work on our social. So I'm sorry, on our emotional intelligence, and our emotional education, not to let us get to that level. Uh, because if we're able to little by little learn how to cope with stress and deal with our problems, hopefully we won't find ourselves in that situation. Let's not remediate. Let's prevent, right? Let's and and that's good not only for suicide but for all kinds yeah, for, of for mental anything, health, mental anything. balance in general. Right? Let me pose a question to you, you guys. Do you think that the main causes of suicide is the lack of faith in the future? I think it's a great way of looking at it. I think that. Um, of course, the faith in the future. I think you used two key words there, faith and future, right? Um, I, I do think that when we go down this rabbit hole, it's hard for you to think outside and have hope in the world, right? And so that's why I try to go and understand what suffering really comes from. And I think ultimately, suffering comes from us not believing in the spiritual, Indirectly, yeah, I I, right. I totally agree. I mean, I I see that hope is the solution for uh, having hope is 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 the solution for not committing suicide because once you lost that idea that you will be able to overcome the situation, then you will fight and struggle. Even if you if you if the struggle is really really tough, so it means that 
if I don't have that faith in the future, it means that, okay, I'm just going to end right now. And that's why it's so great to think about the question that Daniel posed, which is, what if death is not the end? Because it, it makes us ask ourselves, do we believe that death is the end? Or, and what if it's not? And this is a great question, not only for, for people in general, but I would say, and I would dare say, that it's a great question for spiritists. Yes. It's a great question for spiritists because we, although we believe in reincarnation, although we uh, agree that reincarnation is something that makes perfect sense and it's completely logic when we think about God being just, that does not mean that I feel that reincarnation is true. So let me let me be vulnerable here uh, and share uh, share an idea with you guys that I, I was in my naivete when I was a teenager and going a little deeper into spiritism, studying and going after you know readings and books and books. I was like eating books for a living back then, and I thought that oh, I had this great idea that if everybody believed in reincarnation, all the world problems would be gone. Guess what? <laughs> no, because fortunately. A lot of people in the world believe in reincarnation, and we still have a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, you, have a, you have a whole country who basically <laughs> believes in reincarnation, India, yeah. in one way or another, right? But you still have great social divide. In fact, sometimes the concept of reincarnation is used to explain exactly. exploitation, right? So the, the knowledge of it, things are not itself. And I think there is a, a wonderful uh, sentence in general, like, you know, people don't care about how much you know until they know how much you care. So it's got to be through our bonds with each other and for caring each other that we feel supported and that we will understand that, you know, there's people who care about us. Speaking of that, I had a, I had a, a memory of a previous, you know, assignment at work where somebody was having suicidal thoughts and one of our colleagues, one of our, you know, workmate, teammates, came down to that individual and said, you know what, I don't really understand what you're going through right now, but I just want to make sure you know that I'm here for you. Whatever it takes, whatever you need. Wow. <laughs> that, that is, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. That ex- that's exactly what we're talking about. It doesn't really matter. Well, it matters if we are preparing to be there. But if we feel, if we know that we are human and we know that the other person is going through anything let's be there for that person yeah. and that's that's what we need and that's what loving one another is, is regardless of denomination right that's what ultimately we're about we're about people and who care for each other because it could be us right it could be somebody yeah. we care for so it could be somebody we love if, exactly yep. what if what if there's somebody out there right now tending to somebody we love who's having these thoughts Bless their souls, right? So let's do that for somebody else who we may not know that is cared for by other people. Because at the end of the day, we're all a family, right? As a matter yep. of like, if, if we just siblings. reincarnate enough times, we'll be, you know, a universal family. Yeah. But Daniel, let me ask you this. What if that person is trying to help, but doesn't believe he or she is able to 
doesn't believe she or he or she has the tools or and we don't, how can he we how don't, can that person great question help others great question we don't all know don't have the tools and that's okay we can we can be aware of it but we might not become experts right but there are experts out there so one of the things that we can get people to do is to call the national suicide prevention lifeline right here in the united states it's 1-800-273-8255 that's 1-800 273-8255. Available 24 hours a day. There's also an online chat. You can just search Suicide Prevention Lifeline or go to suicidepreventionlifeline.org and find resources because you don't have to do this alone and you're yeah. not alone, right? And I think that's ultimately the important question, whether you are Buddhist, Jew, atheist, agnostic, spiritist, Catholic, doesn't really what have matter. you. It doesn't matter because sometimes these things hurt us straight in the feels, right? And sometimes it's just hard and we feel like we cannot talk about it. And if we are to, to start to wrap up things because we're running out of our time, I think one wonderful thing that really peps me up when I am feeling a little down that spiritism has um, pointed me towards is this concept that, hey, if I have lived many different lives before, then I've had had many different family members and relations before. Mm -hmm. And I know for a fact that my love for my family members and my friends doesn't end when they die. I've had family members pass, pass away. You still love them, right? I still love them. And so the same is also true, right? If they life goes on, and even science seems to point to that fact, then they love me back. And then it dawned on me, oh my goodness, there's so much love out there for me, for you, for all of us that we're just not aware of because these past family members, these past, uh, you know, fathers, mothers, uncles, cousins, friends, partners, friends is there. We're just not aware because we can't remember that. But maybe right now they are in the spiritual world preparing to come back to reincarnate again, but they're cheering us on. And they're loving us. So, in fact, we don't realize that there is a vast amount of overwhelming love towards us that we ignore. And that's a beautiful thing in a way. There's more people that love us than we can possibly remember in this moment in time. I always use the uh, analogy of uh, like a football player entering the stadium and the entire, you know, folk, the entire stadium is rooting for that football player. Or the soccer player, or tennis yes, player, or whatnot. Uh -huh. That's us in our lives. There's so many folks out there rooting for us to be successful, rooting for us to do the right thing, really wishing we do the best. That we, you know, it, it, it's. Yeah, we, remember, oh, we wish we could see that. I remember I was about 15 or 16, which is uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah, a couple of years ago. There yeah. you go. Yeah. And um, I, uh, somebody invited me to read a small message and make a comment. Like, it was my first, you know, tries out you know to speak to the public and that was um you know i prepared like two pages of stuff to i didn't know what for five uh, minutes for five minutes yeah. and, and we all been there buddy <laughs> we all been there and uh so when i started right and i started um i apologized that was the one of the first things that i that i said and uh, I apologize, you know, that wasn't that this is my first time doing this. If I do something wrong, blah blah blah. So, okay, almost a year later, nobody ever, nobody else invited me. Then this guy invites me again to do the same thing on the center that he was going to. I went there again, that was my second time. 
prepared the same, you know, another talk and so on. First thing I said, I apologized. Everything went okay, but so we finished. We, we're coming back. I didn't drive at the time. He was driving me back. And then he looked at me and said, hey, I understand that when you, you're coming for the first time, that you apologize and you explain the situation. The second time, I don't agree this as much. And I'm going to tell you why. Everybody that's there, they're not judging you. They want to hear from you. They are there for you. They are there to get what you're talking. When Flavio said that you're going into the tunnel and coming out at whatever stadium and it the is, fans are rude, yeah. and people are expecting you there, it's the same way with life. Everybody is expecting, you know, is with us. We are all, uh, of course, we're going to have no bumps on the road. That's normal. That's natural. Some, some bumps will be harder. That's some why bumps. we're here. Yeah. Yep. But... We have a lot of people that are rooting for us. And then if we cannot do it alone, and most of the times we can't, let's not be afraid of asking for help. Some, some of the help is medical. It is. If we need medical help, let's we get need it. to go yeah. to, the med, to, to, to the doctor and get Psychologists, something. Psychologists, psychiatrists, counselors, therapists. It, yeah. it, it is necessary. Spiritism doesn't solve all the problems. That's why God has pointing, made medicine. Yeah, we're just yeah. pointing to one small piece that can help the whole picture but we need a multidisciplinary multidisciplinary help from a lot of different people you know from a friend to a psychiatrist from the medicine to the um, to the water that we take either in a church or in a spiritist center we need all the help if we if we are in in the desperate situation call the number that Daniel said or Find help elsewhere because we need to live. So, we got to wrap it up. Uh, final thoughts. 30 seconds message from you, Danny. I think we, I think we just heard it. Um, you know, there's far more people rooting for you than you will ever imagine. You are far more precious um, and you are a far greater being than you think you are. You are an infinite being with infinite possibilities. What about you, Mackenzie? Um, uh, yeah, the, what came to my mind to be is to be um, honest. Uh, Lord of the Rings. It doesn't matter the situation. It doesn't matter what you're going through. That ring is precious. We are a ring. Sometimes we need to be destroyed, and we will resurface, and we will be born again. We will continue being. Let's go through the struggles of life. We will always have a Sam by our side. We'll always have somebody that will help us carry out. That's very inspirational. Thank you. I would say a couple of things. Which I loved. (laughs) (laughs) We've said them all, I believe so too. But uh, if you are there talking to someone that uh, you believe is going through some of these thoughts, just be yourself. Don't try to fix the problems. Right? Listen to what that person has to say and be there for that person. Offer hope. We can offer hope through spiritism. We can offer hope through several other things, right? And take that person seriously. Because uh, oftentimes we see, you know, it, it, it's a human being that's going through some difficulties, right? It's a life at stake. And with that, remember, as you guys said, we have a lot of folks. We have a way, way more folks that are rooting for us than they're against us. There you have it. Thank you for listening, and we hope that you will tune in next time.